emergency pod, NBNR emergency pod coming at you. Big news coming out of the Twitter sphere, the news sphere in general. These possible allegations, these allegations against Nebraska football. Were they holding illegal practices? Were they lifting weights when they weren't supposed to? <laughs> and still losing games. Still oh, my game. God. <laughs> Nebraska, again, has committed the crime of hunting to play a sport. Damn them. <laughs> so, as a, as a response to all this news coming out, we got a hold of one of the most popular Nebraska defenders in the Twitter sphere, Mr. Dan Lust. Now, all you Husker fans... Are probably maybe not all, but most of you are probably aware that he's making a documentary about Nebraska and the Big Ten and the dealings with the COVID year last year. So we want to get his perspective on what's happening, what's happening today, what's Nebraska being accused of, what's the possible punishments for this, his thoughts on it. So without further ado, let's jump to the Lust interview. Yeah, let's do it. Emergency Pod NBNR, we got with us. A special guest. He has made pretty significant waves on GBR Twitter. We have with us Dan Lust. We want to thank you so much for this coming on short notice, and we want to talk about some recent Husker happenings. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. And I, I first of all, for those that are not watching, the setup is incredible. That's going on in this basement. <laughs> uh, that's all Mike right there. Oh yeah. I whoever did this. I do, um, as you guys know, and which I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm happy to give a little bit of background as to who I am. But I go on a lot of shows. Um, I do a lot of podcasts, and uh, I don't think I've ever done a show with we have four people on the same screen. And uh, you know, <laughs> dude, I listen so far so good. It seems like you guys uh, seems like you have a good setup. But yeah. My, my pleasure, and you guys know, I mean, I go, uh, I, I try to uh, defend uh, Nebraska when I see fit. Uh, you know, that's just my, my nature as an attorney. If I see a David versus Goliath scenario, I try to pop in. Um, that's how I was originally introduced to Nebraska Twitter. And, uh, you know, uh, my personal take, I think that we have something similar to that going on here. But uh, sure. I'll, I'll save that for, uh, for our discussion. Sure. Yeah, well, and if you're looking for the David and Goliath situations, you're in the right spot because Nebraska seems to be the victim of it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's just, you know, my law practice, and you guys know I, I talk about all – I talk about roller derby teams fighting baseball teams in the uh, Cleveland Guardian saga. Um, I do a lot of stuff on name, image, and likeness. Um, you know, but I, I'm drawn continuously to Nebraska. Um, I'm not, again, for those people that don't know me, I'm from New York. I grew up, born and raised in New York. I practice in New York City. I have absolutely no connection to Nebraska whatsoever, other than the fact that I am drinking the Kool-Aid and I, I, I'm not like a tinfoil hat conspiracy guy, but there's a reading of a lot of things that happened to Nebraska that make more sense uh, in, in, in the prism of like, hey, uh, and it's probably part of this, right? Like a year ago today, Scott Frost was telling people he was going to play football outside of the Big Ten conference, like the conference. And then uh, Kevin Warren had to respond like, well, no, well, you can do that, but not as a member of the Big Ten. And then, you know, go on and so forth. You can talk about Chattanooga. You can talk about the holding calls. You can talk about the lawsuit. But, it, you know, this this coming out of nowhere, a year after these alleged violations occurred, I, you know, again, I'm just, I'm a lawyer. I look at evidence and I'm like, what makes more sense? That these things are all a coincidence that holding calls stopped appearing, you know, among everything or... There's some pretty clear, you know, point A to point B retribution from Nebraska trying to step out of line and making the conference look bad. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, all I can tell you from this is like, 
I'm sure, guys, right? Like, I'm again, I'm not from Nebraska. I'm sure there were other schools that were having unauthorized practices. I know there are other schools that have a ton of analysts that run around. So like, you're going to tell me that Nebraska is the only school in the entire country where, where this was an issue. I mean, it's just, it's really, it's really far-fetched, but you know, I, I, right. I, I just uh, keep it happening. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what the four of us off cam were talking about that there isn't a school in the country who has like unauthorized practices or workouts. And do you think that part of it is that Nebraska isn't the golden child that once was in the college sports landscape? I don't, I don't, I can't really put my finger on what it is. I just, I mean, again, I, I'm coming to this and I'm full, full disclosure. I've been following, I'm following every, every step Nebraska takes in every sport for about the last year and a half, right, right around there. Now you guys have been following Nebraska for about 20 years, 30 years. I mean, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm 33. Are you guys, you guys right around my age, right around there. I'm, yeah. Right around there. Right around sure. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I can't put my finger on it. I just can tell you that when other schools lose games and have a losing season, right, big deal. You don't have national media standing and dancing on the grave of, of these teams. Like, and again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy. I just have never seen national media unite around a school losing and having a losing season. It's just, it's just odd. So I don't know. What was it, right? What, what did Nebraska do? They left the Big 12 for the Big 10. Probably a really smart decision in hindsight. We could talk about conference realignment a little bit. I, I know, um, and, and this is why I kind of fell in love with Nebraska Twitter. You guys are so passionate about everything, about any little <laughs> yeah. about any any uh, fake jersey drop. Like, I, I, you know, Garth Brooks concerts. Like, my timeline is just full filled with tweets. So... There's a level of the national media that pokes the bear that is Nebraska, like Reddit college football. Those guys, those guys mess with you every single day. It's just, it's constant. It's, it's no other school. So, you know, the question is, do, does Nebraska get the short end of the stick? Because, you know, you guys are not a blue blood, maybe, or not, not like, you know, I, I think you're a blue blood, but like you guys haven't won a championship since the nineties. Okay, great. Some schools right. haven't won a championship ever. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really explain it. And other schools left the Big 12, too. And so, and those schools aren't getting, uh, you know, Colorado left. They're not getting hit with the national media hammer. So I, I truthfully can't explain it. And that's, you know, my, part of my fascination with, with Nebraska sports is just, like, you guys are so passionate. And the world just continues to, like, poke you. Like, I, I can't, I can't, someone from New York, again, I'm not in the Nebraska sphere. I just don't understand it. Yeah. So, so Dan, for our listeners that maybe don't know the full picture and maybe what actually happened and what could happen to Nebraska as far as uh, punishment goes. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for the listeners? Sure, sure. And, and everyone I'm sure that's listening to this knows what the allegation is. It's, it's one of two uh, one of two things occurred. We'll see if both of them are, are part of the investigation. The first is that Nebraska had an improper analysts that were either on the field or were part of the program in some improper way. So analysts is, is step number one. Number two were these unauthorized practices that were uh, occurring offsite and, and that people didn't know about. So um, violations can take one of three uh, levels. It's either level one, level two, or level three. Level one being the most serious, and then level two and level three, it's kind of a spectrum. So um, what we know is that the allegations pertaining to the analysts are the ones that are currently being investigated by the NCA. Is there also a world where these offsite practices are also thrown into the investigation? Sure. And I think it's I think it's probable. Um, I don't think Brett McMurphy over at um, at the Athletic would be, or I think he's now at Action Network, but I don't think he would be reporting that if uh, that wasn't a chance that that would be also thrown into the uh, you know in investigation. So 
you know, level one is the most serious of offenses. Um, you know, uh, Arizona comes to mind, Oklahoma State comes to mind. You could lose your postseason eligibility. That's that's pretty big. Um, short of that, you know, if you're looking at level two, level three, uh, there's some loss of kind of, uh, we'll say, Coach Frost being able to go on certain recruiting trips. That's also possible. Also a possible loss of, um, you know, uh, fine money. Um, you know, it's a little too early to speculate on exactly what the fine will be. But from the reports that I'm seeing, this is not a level one offense, and it doesn't really make sense that it would be. It's closer to level two. And then if you just read the definitions of what a level three offense is, I think it's probably closer to level three, which it's like a publish, a, you know, a public admonishing, right? I don't, it's not going to be that big of a deal if you get fined 5,000 bucks. It's just like, you know, does Nebraska need to be like dragged through the mud because of it? That's, that's kind of <laughs> more public embarrassment that comes with it. Yeah. And like another kind of topic that's, been big around here for the past couple months is you know reportedly scott frost wanting to get out of the oklahoma game and that that's come up again because they just got rid of their chief of staff guy jared lambrick and supposedly there's a source out there that says you know jared lambrick and scott frost went behind bill moose's back and tried to get this oklahoma game replaced with another home game against the cupcake and, you know, and Bill Moose kind of fell on the sword for that. He was supposedly pissed off about it. So I don't know. It's just maybe I can get your opinion on there's a lot of Nebraska fans that are like, you know, conspiracy NCAA is out to get us. Maybe they this is like a power move because of all the things that the SEC has done. So they need to reestablish themselves and they're just picking on us. Or maybe there's something legitimate here that maybe hasn't come out. Um, maybe just get your thoughts on the NCAA and if there's any other angle here. Like what the, like what the, what would the reason be as far as like what, I mean, what's the purpose of going after somebody, you know, a program that hasn't had a very successful last couple decades, right? Is, is it because of our huge Twitter? You know, they know that it's going to get clicks. Greg McMurphy has his source in Lincoln. I don't know who the heck it is, but we're clicking. Do we know Laura do we Zander. know the sources in not, uh, in not Indianapolis? Is that uh, do we know that for sure? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, it could be. And, and um, it's I'm, funny too that Brett McMurphy had to slip in that Oklahoma thing too at the end of this because these are two actual legit crimes. And then he had to right, slip right. in the, the part about the Oklahoma cancellation, Some which was old news. Yeah, well, it's funny. It's funny is that like even Brett McMurphy, who, I mean, I don't, I don't have a beef with the guy, but people in my replies hate him uh, for, you know, whatever reason. And I don't, I don't know the guy, but you know, he, he put in, Hey, they're being investigated for this analyst, but they're not yet being investigated for the offside stuff. Wink, wink. Maybe they should be, maybe they like that's, that was the insinuation that I read. And I'm like, what does the Oklahoma stuff have to do with anything? Right. Maybe right. make that a separate. Point. We stopped talking about the Oklahoma deal. So, you know, there, there's part of this narrative and I see, I see national media do it a lot and you know people people might call me a homer i mean hey i'm not from nebraska so i don't i don't think i could be a homer because i'm, I'm not it's not my home <laughs> yeah. team but like i'm coming to the defense of nebraska a lot because there's constantly like constantly attacks on on anything and everything that's happening so here's here's the question so i go you guys know i go on a lot of shows talk about name image likeness i go on a lot of shows talk about conference realignment um you know like you got to ask yourself um you guys kind of start from a really high level and figure out what the NCAA is doing. And you guys know I had a, another tweet today that kind of picked up some traction. What is the NCAA's role for the next 10 years? Um, mm -hmm. For the last 10 years, 
their role had primarily been policing, you know, improper benefits and, and, and recruiting scandals. But during the NIL era, the NCA is basically told us they don't want to wear that hat and they're not going to punish schools that, that give improper benefits. And now you have crazy deals that are occurring at BYU, at Miami, FSU, North Carolina, Texas A&M, deals that really closely resemble what I would call pay for play, that these players really don't have to do anything. They just exist on the football team and then they can get paid some amount of money. Um, BYU, if you're a walk-on, right, there's a deal that's with this company called Built and they're going to yeah. pay walk-on tuition and it's like I, I was pretty sure for about a year and a half when I was studying this that like pay for play was not allowed you couldn't just exist on the football team right this had to be a separate stream of revenue that had to deal with your marketability okay so NCA is not going to police it the schools aren't going to police themselves that's fine I also shout out to Nebraska with Nebraska you guys were um, I think the head of the Big Ten SEC was pretty much at the forefront of this but Nebraska has been there just as long so um, again not me being a homer, just objectively, they had state legislation on the books among the earliest states in the entire country. So they, they were had a little bit of credit to Bill, Bill Moose for that. So I don't know where, where you know, you guys are seeing where I'm going with this. It's like NCA doesn't have a role in NIL anymore. They don't want to do anything, right? And then I pointed out like this Knight Commission report that came out, um, you know, about women's college basketball. The NCA got hammered. But like, what, how do you have this, these state-of-the-art facilities for men and you don't have anything for women? Like you could be making so much more of the women. And then... You know, the third one is this whole Baylor nonsense that occurs last week. They investigated Baylor for five years, and now they're, you know, doing damage control. They're going to have another version of a Knight Commission report, figuring out how they can fix sexual violence, you know, reporting across the country. It's like, you guys are taking L's across the board. So what do you want to do? You want to take a W and just like, you know, like I'm, I'm putting W in quotes, but like, you know, if you guys hit Nebraska with some type of fine or violation, we all know that 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 Twitter is going to explode and make fun of Nebraska. Like, is that really your mo, NCA? Like, is that really <laughs> right? What trying to do here, like, show that you have some worth by picking on Nebraska. Like, don't you have bigger fish to fry? Like, Nebraska is not like you know. And and again, I say this with all due respect. Like, you know, Alabama is competing for the national championship. Why don't you go after them, right? Why don't you go right. after them? Maybe an unfair advantage. Like, it just seems like they're kicking a program when it's down, and I don't I don't really appreciate it. Well, right. Well. And we, we talked about, you know, why wouldn't you go after like the SEC? If you're looking for like real NCAA violations, right? You can look at any of these top programs and it doesn't have to just be the, uh, the SEC. It could be the Big Ten, whatever it might be. You're going to stand there and tell me that the one person you focused on was a 12 and 20 team or it's like, you know, what, what's the purpose of focusing on Nebraska and not looking elsewhere at somebody that's got, first of all, you know, they hired Alabama hired four former coaches as analysts. And you're going to stand there and tell me that these folks are not talking to players. Like, give me a break. Yeah, Kyle. Uh, it's, it's a good or I'm hinder that there aren't any clean programs just like all around from FBS to FCS to division two, everybody's doing something. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. And I, I think like, you know, on a, on a big 10 level, um, I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I, I know one, you guys are kind of insinuating, like there might be something here, right? Uh, all I can tell you is that Nebraska gets clicks. Um, and that's, that's what I yep. think you get off on doing it. And you know, that if they, if Nebraska gets hit with the, you know, slap on the, and I, this again, I'm not, I'm not tinfoil hat guy. Right. I'm just telling you, if you, if you pick any program in the country and you gave them and you said, Hey, we're investigating you. And we're at the end of the day, we're going to hit you with a $5,000 fine, whatever it is. You, they're not going to convince me otherwise. The one that would get the most attention on Twitter is Nebraska. I think that's that's pretty objective. But that school, if you did the same thing to Arizona State, no one would care. 
did the same thing to uh, <laughs> you know, North Carolina State. No one would care. And just objectively, like, I mean, here, here's a good one. And you guys pointed this out, right? I'm not necessarily talking about Alabama. Alabama, I don't know if they're doing anything anything shady. You know, I, they have different analysts maybe, but I don't, I don't really know anything. What I do know is that over in LSU, over in Baton Rouge, those guys, I mean, there was talk, and I went on a couple shows in a couple months ago when this was going on. There's talk about like a potential like institutional control, just like nightmare that there's sexual assault allegations going on. You know, there's student athletes that are, you know, and then, and then even even you talk about Tennessee with the uh, violate, you know, the alleged allegations of like these bags of cash that they were getting handed. And then from McDonald's. <laughs> right. Like bags of cash from McDonald's. And then and then this was my favorite one. When you keep seeing me like talk about selective enforcement, arbitrary enforcement, this is my favorite one of all. Listen, I know uh, Nebraska, you know, you guys are, uh, I'm rooting for you to get at your first tournament win this year. I follow what I do know. Guys, is this a, do we hate the J-Skiers on this podcast? Do we hate all yes, Absolutely. Yes. I'm just like, hey, cheer for your team. Yes. Come on. I had a, a legitimate question during March Madness last year. I go, because I, I don't know this. I said, do, does Nebraska root for Creighton in the tournament? And uh, I put a poll up and I got like, 5,000 like people that were like 99%. No, we do not no. vote. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Um, I didn't know that, but um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I think it's, it's, I don't know. I, from, from a basketball perspective, I mean, hopefully you guys, I mean, you guys know uh, this whole Zion Williamson lawsuit saga that went on about a year, year and a half ago, two years ago. I'll fill you guys in. And then uh, you'll see, again, you'll see where I'm going with this. There's objective evidence that Zion Williamson, the number one recruit in the country, signed a deal with a marketing agent while school was going on. So, you know, uh, congrats. You know, I don't know if it's that big of a deal because we're in the NIL era, but at the time it was illegal. It was clearly legal. There's court documents that show that Zion Williams had accepted money. It's an open and shut case. Duke is a blue blood school in basketball. They, they looked at the NCAA looked into the Duke Blue Devils. We couldn't find anything. It's the oddest thing. We couldn't find anything at all. And then like a couple months later, we saw in court that there were actually bank records that show that he accepted money. And I'm like, okay, Duke, you're going to, you're going to open up the investigation into Duke again. No, we're past that. It's not a big deal. And I'm like, okay, this is selective enforcement. It's arbitrary. Yeah. punishment. They didn't want Duke to be punished. So they didn't punish Duke. So it's like, okay, we're going to punish Nebraska. Hey. And, and, and I don't, my, the reporting I'm seeing is that it's not a level one violation, but let's say they said, you know what? Nebraska is not going to make the playoffs anyway. Let's give them a level one violation. Like screw them. Like that's not okay. You know, that's right. okay that that goes into the analysis. But all I can tell you is that like, again, it, it seems highly coincidental with all that's happened to Nebraska in the last you know year and change that this is the school that they pick on, that this is the school like that they want to go after. So you know, I don't, I, I think it smells, smells funny. I mean, that's all I'll say. I think it does smell very funny. Yeah. Not, not to mention that all this news comes out a week and a half before the season opener. Right. As if again, another coincidence, right? Like a week and a half from the season opener. And all of a sudden there's these bombshell investigations going on. Like, come on. And Nebraska doesn't need any additional distractions. They make their own. So <laughs> it timing is just well, impeccable. This is kind of <laughs> going along the lines of, shooting yourself in the foot like listen i don't they nebraska could be totally like innocent in this and whatever but like if you're gonna do it then like just do it if you're if you're going to cheat like at least win games and i don't know i don't even know how you'd go about it secretly but you gotta you gotta surround yourself with people that have done this kind of thing before and like they, they know how to kind of skirt skirt around but this is just another 
thing. I'm the skeptical Husker fan here. I know you guys kind of are, but I'm like hardcore skeptical. Yeah, but, <laughs> but the thing, the, you know, shoot yourself in the foot, both on the field and off it. It's just annoying. It's just annoying. The thing that just strikes me is, you know, I don't know if it's considered cheating when everybody in the country has to be doing it. You know, you could look at, you could look anywhere else. And I promise you, analysts are talking to players. I promise you during the COVID season, players were working out and having their own little practices and things like that. There's no evidence right now that the, the coaches were involved in the practices off. Everybody knew that they were practicing and working out off campus during the COVID season. Everybody knew that, that right then and there. And now a year later, now all of a sudden it's this huge deal. So let's let's put our tinfoil hats on for a second. And when I say tinfoil hats, let's put our like investigatory hats on. And then there, there's one thing I pointed out, um, you know, and whoever's listening to this, you know, just to figure out what's going on. There's something a little unnatural that occurred from Scott Frost and his comments. And I and I I watched the press conference and analyzed some of the statements in it, and I didn't see anybody talking about this, which I thought was odd. Scott Frost. Uh, I don't know. There's no way to put it. And I'm, I'm a fan of Scott Frost. Um, you know, he threw the compliance department under the bus. That's blatantly 100% what he did. Um, I would normally tell you that coach speak, you know, diplomatic speak, you need to have the press conference. You kind of, you know, you don't say much of anything. You just kind of defer, you know, we're going to let the investigation do the talking. We're going to be compliant, which is majority of what they said. But then all of a sudden Scott Frost goes, yeah, we always were looking out for the best interest of the players and anything and everything that we did was pre-approved by the compliance department. So I'm like, that's odd. That is very strange. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you know, so he's essentially acknowledging that somebody messed up within Nebraska. So that part's not good. That part's not good on a, are we innocent or not? Are we not innocent? Right. It's Scott Frost looking at a little bit for himself. And I think you, you guys all know, I mean, in a national level, Scott Frost's seat is one of the hottest in the country just because if it's, it's year four of his tenure over here. So I can't tell if he's putting the blame on compliance because he's looking out for himself, which is possible. I'm just going to put it out there. It's, that's possible. Um, or B, uh, that someone in compliance potentially got approval from up the chain, be it at the NCA level or whatnot. If you guys remember, um, I don't know what dates these are occurring. I think that's going to be very important to the analysis. There was a period of time in our country, and I, and I you know, remember it very well, where there was this whole question of whether athletes could sign waivers in order to participate in these off-campus workouts. And I remember the Buckeyes came out with this Buckeye pledge, and there was, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were starting this movement for, you know, the play college football. And this was um, before senators came out and basically said, you know, waivers are going to be not allowed. So if you're a college athlete and you sign a waiver, it's going to be deemed unenforceable. And waiver is a liability waiver. So if you got COVID and you got sick in some way, shape, or form, you couldn't sue the school. So once the, the politicians and the powers that be at the NCAA got rid of waivers, then it was pretty clear, okay, you know, it's not safe to play college football, I guess, until the conferences sign off. So the date of these alleged, uh, I'm going to say, I don't even know if this is part of the investigation yet, but whether these sanctioned, these practices were unsanctioned or not, Let's figure out, right, if they occurred at a time where there was no rules, right, there's no, like, commissioner of college football, right, Mark Emmert's not in charge, as president of the NCAA, they don't have control over college football. If this occurred at a time where there was no leadership, right, which is certainly lacking at the Big Ten level, and there is no leadership at the, at the, at the college football level, it doesn't exist, I don't know, then it's an inadvertent violation. You read the definition of level three violations, like, okay, that's pretty much it. So um, if you look at the language for level two violations, which obviously obviously a little more serious, they involve a, a infraction by a head coach. So maybe he's getting some advice from very smart lawyers and, and smart people in the athletics department. Hey, Frost, 
if you blame it on compliance, we're closer to a level three than a level two. So if you really weren't involved yeah. in this, put it on a put it on a level three, that might be a little bit better for us. And then it's like an inadvertent violation because hey, Scott Scott Frost cleared it with compliance and compliance didn't know. And you know, that's much better for you, you know, Raska if it's level three, if it's a compliance issue, you know, and I guess as a final point, then I'll kind of give it to you guys. It's like, you know, uh, for the first three hours of this uh, news story, it was just like, Scott Frost is on the hot seat. You know, he's he was one that wants to play college, you know, like we want to play college football. And then I'm backing out of games against Oklahoma. This was a little bit McMurphy's initial reporting. Again, just my outside vantage point seemed like a little bit of a hit piece on Coach Frost. Like that, that's what it was designed to do. Yeah. And then yep. Yep. in hindsight, like, I don't know, have to, they're not investigating them for the off-campus stuff, right? Like, and Frost said it was compliance. So, you know, you read McMurphy's piece, it looks like Frost is guilty, but, you know, uh, you got to, you always got to go into things innocent until proven guilty. Do not, you know, don't buy the news. Just, you know, you got to wait to hear from the sources. Yeah, sure. yeah, Dan. Uh, so you touched on the fact that the NCAA has zero control over college football, which is true. So my question is kind of a two-parter. Uh, first, if they don't have a control over football, then how can they still investigate like football or related infractions of quotes here? And secondly, with the uh, the instatement of the all the NIL stuff and the SEC becoming like a super league, are the days of the of the NCA like as an organization just like coming to an end here? So it's both great questions. I'll, I'll touch the first. And then the second one I think is really fun. That's kind of this conference realignment, you know, where, where we go from here. Um, you know, so my understanding of the NCA structure that they are allowed, you know, uh, even like uh, if you look over the, over the pond in big 12 with Kansas, you know, they're investigating the football and basketball programs. I mean, the NCA's role is to help investigate this. This is one of the NCA's few roles that they have left. Um, so although they don't control whether, you know, uh, a conference is going to play or not play football, they don't have any say over the, the playoff structure or anything like that. Um, they do have a role in kind of policing, recruiting and, and all that stuff. So um, I think it's a limited role for college football, but the way that football is designed, that, that by, by, by and large, the conferences are in charge. So that kind of leads to your, your second question. The conferences wield more power today than they have ever wielded before in, in college sports. The SEC with them, um, you know, whenever they do get uh, Oklahoma and Texas, which, you know, at the latest will be 2025. I imagine we can kind of talk about the fun legalese of <laughs> Bob Bolt, the Big 12 threatening to sue ESPN and all that fun stuff. But like, you know, when they get Oklahoma and Texas, they're going to have basically as much revenue on an annual level as the as the rest of the conferences combined. It's it's pretty, pretty substantial amount of money. I think it's just over a billion dollars. So, you know, then then you get to this fun question. It's like, OK, um, uh, again, you guys kind of know where I stand with this. But for those that don't, it's like, OK, one con one school in the entire Big Ten said that they were going to play in a different conference. Right. I think, you know, Ohio State maybe was debating it. They didn't say it out loud. Their head coach certainly didn't say it. They okay. made us say it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. waited for us. And, and right. when you're Ohio State, you can say it. Like one, one school said that. One school had their players threaten to sue the conference. One, you know, one school, you know, wanted to schedule the game with, with Chattanooga, even though the rules were, you know, don't do that. You can't schedule out of conference games. So I'm like, okay, all these things at a certain point are adding up. Like, you know, and then, and then my favorite, which somebody um, pointed out to me on Twitter in the middle of last season, he's like, do you know that there hasn't been a holding call uh, called in like 500 offensive snaps? And I'm like, that's not possible. And then <laughs> right, you can call it on every single play. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like the chances, like 
let, let's say there was no, let's say I didn't tell you anything else. If you just told me the holding calls, I'm like, yeah, that's almost statistically impossible. And then it's like, how, how does that happen? And then I just, then let's factor in the other three things that Nebraska, like, oh, are these big 10 refs that are calling the game? Oh, are, are they on the big 10 payroll? Like, again, like it's not rocket science. It makes much more sense that that's what's happening because in life, and like, this is, this is the important part from a sports law perspective, as much as I'm talk about recent events, you guys know I'm a sports law professor at New York Law School. I'm a little bit of a sports law historian. In the history of sports, this is not, this is not solely pertaining to college sports. Colin Kaepernick sued the NFL once upon a time. Colin Kaepernick has never played the NFL ever again. Nope. There's a guy named, named Kurt Flood, who was the modern uh, you know, creator of free agency in Major League Baseball. You know, from the Cardinals, correct. Uh, look at back of his baseball card statistics. Fantastic statistics. Never really got a shot in the pros again. Maybe you get a cup of coffee. Not really, but like sued Major League Baseball. You keep going. And it's like, what's more likely? That there were no ramifications for Nebraska players suing the conference? Or there were ramifications? Duh. Obviously, there's going to be certain ramifications. So, you know, then you get to this fun question of like, okay, where, where do we go, um, you know, as, as college football, you know, university? So the SEC is collecting all these schools. They're up to 16 schools. Um, I've, I've been pretty public about it. I don't, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think if you're, uh, the big 10, you have to make some sort of a move, whether you want to, uh, you know, allow the big 12 and pac 12 to merge, I don't know, then, then you risk becoming number three conference. I think you, you got to pull some schools in, you know, just to maybe avoid someone jumping ahead of you, a pac 12, big 12 merger, that conference might be ahead of the big 10 in terms of firepower, honestly. So I've, I've said, you know, if you need to pull two schools and avoid that type of a Pac-12, Big 12 merger, I don't know. Kansas makes a lot of sense uh, just geographically. And Iowa State, obviously, this is a podcast that hates Iowa Hawkeyes. But you know, <laughs> oh yeah, there's some money in bringing Iowa State in. They're a good football program, decent basketball program. I, I can see it. But uh, it, my, my fear is that for like a fourth, fifth time in a row, Big Ten's going to sit on their hands all over again. And just let someone jump ahead of them. Like, you know, they're going to turn, like, just like they turned down Oklahoma, according to reports. They were going to want to take Texas. They don't want to take Oklahoma. Okay. The Big Ten, by and large, didn't do really anything on, on name, image, and likeness in terms of from a legislative level. Um, SEC was ahead of that. And then again, we talk about what the, you know, the mistakes that were made during last year's COVID, you know, issues and kind of again with this delay in COVID. Like, at some point, there's got to be some heads that roll if Big Ten's not making moves. So, yep. uh, yeah, we're getting closer to a super conference era. Um, but let's see if uh, Kevin Warren can wake up and smell the roses because he's, he's not doing much over there. Well, and I personally hope they make a call to Notre Dame, an actual blue blood football program that can make you a lot of money. But if the ball's in Kevin Warren's court, we know that it's probably not looking good for us. <laughs> he's probably taking a nap somewhere on the court. Right. <laughs> he's sleepy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And, you know, ultimately talking about like punishments and everything like that, you know, you can't help but look at Baylor. Um, and the whole situation that just unfolded, they got what a $5,000 fine. They got some recruiting restrictions placed on them and they admitted to hiding like sexual assault allegations and things like that. And then they're like, but wait, Nebraska was out here practicing and lifting lifting weights and their, their, you know, their analysts were talking to players and I just, for the life of me, can't understand the reason of Nebraska of all people. Right. And I don't know it, it just, the whole conspiracy thing. I mean, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist myself. I don't think any of us really are, but you just can't help, but look at the timing of everything on all the things that keep popping up. And, you know, it's just very interesting. 
So I think, you know, so I, I don't know if we were, you guys plan to get into it, but you guys, you guys see the trailer for the documentary we're coming out with? Did you guys yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's the thing. Um, I know it was, it was met, you know, the thing went a little bit viral, which I did not expect. Um, and truthfully, uh, you guys have followed me for a while. I've been on the Nebraska train for a while. I think a lot of Nebraska fans had not, never heard of me before, which is fine. You know, I'm, I'm a random lawyer in New York. And I said, who's this guy? you know, trying to, you know, uh, open up, uh, like, uh, open up old wounds and talk about this. And I'm like, Hey, I've been here for a while. B Ohio state was making this documentary. So whoever said that before, you know, Ohio state is asking Nebraska to do their battles a little bit. Ohio state, you know, a group from Ohio state said, we're making this documentary. We need a sports lawyer to talk about the Nebraska lawsuit. Um, but we want to, we want to just put Nebraska on a pedestal for helping save the conference. So uh, I heard the goal of the project. You guys will see the, the documentary at some point. We have another trailer coming up, but like, I'm like, this sounds like an amazing, uh, an amazing idea. And obviously I'd love to be a part of it. I've been following this lawsuit for a while. Um, so people are, you know, I think the, the reception was a little bit missed. For, first of all, I should mention, I do not make a dollar uh, from doing this stuff. I don't make a dollar, obviously, from the podcast. I just, you know, you guys know I, I love doing this. I go on shows across the country. Yeah, we are not paying you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you guys you guys will laugh. I mean, I got called, uh, and I, I love Nebraska. I'm still going to support Nebraska no matter what. But a lot of Nebraska people goes, who's this New York lawyer? He's a grifter. And I'm like, what is, what is a grifter? I've never, I've never been called a grifter before. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh, they think I'm making money from this. Like, no, 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 no. I, I sat in a recording studio for three hours and I did not get paid a dollar. And then I came home, my wife yelled at me that it took too long. So <laughs> um, I, I just, I truthfully, I, I'm drawn to David versus Goliath scenarios. I think Nebraska, it represents it in college football. I think the Big Ten picks on Nebraska. I think college football Twitter picks on Nebraska. And I think the NCA now of all, of, I've never, I've never said the NCA has picked on Nebraska, um, but I'm seeing it now. So, you know, why, why I wanted to bring it up here, at least it's like, okay, do we want to just put this thing in the past and never talk about how uh, Nebraska was made fun of by the entire national media ever again? Sure. I'm sure some people would like that. Some people would just like put it in the past. It never happened. And let's, you know, move on and, and heal. And I'm like, well, I told you guys, I'm a little bit of a historian. There are mistakes that are made by leaders in our country. You know, we don't we don't just like erase them. We talk about them. We analyze them. We put them in the history books, like not because we want to make fun of the person, but because we want to learn from history. So, you know, I, I don't think the documentary would be made if Kevin Warren at any point in time acknowledged any mistakes. If Shapiro over at, you know, at Northwestern acknowledged any mistakes that he made, acknowledged that maybe a lawsuit and maybe a phone call with the president of the United States had some had some impact on Big Ten coming back. But both of these guys said, nope, nope. It was just a change in medical protocol between August 19th right. and September 16th. Um, you guys didn't know it, but actually a vaccine was created in those three weeks. We just didn't tell anybody about it. No, no nothing changed in the medical. And, and I think it's just a farce that these guys don't want to acknowledge that Nebraska really did have a big role. And maybe it was Ohio State. Uh, maybe it was the parents. You know, we, we talk about a lot of different you know factors, but like, I'm like, the fact that these guys think that they're smarter than all of us, that they're smarter than every single fan base. And yeah, it was the medical guys. We just, we thought about it. And then you take it, you know, from a, from a logical standpoint. Okay. So really it was three weeks of, of updated medical protocol. You guys announced and you became the embarrassment of the college football world because you couldn't wait three weeks to announce that you, you know, whether or not you're going to cancel. So they're wrong, no matter which way you slice it, they're wrong for announcing the schedule on August 5th and then canceling football on August 11th. And then saying that they, this decision will not be revisited on August 19th and then revisiting it three weeks <laughs> later. Like, yeah, there's about 20 mistakes that they made that were wrong. And again, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the documentary gets made if Kevin Warren at the big 10 conference game when he, uh, you know, 
emerged from his extended hibernation and popped up to smoke a victory cigar. Like, I think at any point, if he just said, I made some mistakes, we were not transparent. We really messed up. The Nebraska players lost it really had us by the, you know what, because we had to testify under oath. Like documentary doesn't get made, but Kevin Warren at media day, which I'm sure you guys had a field day with goes, I would do it all over again. I would do right. every, every single thing I did over again. And I'm like, if you are a supporter of a big 10 school, this man needs to be removed from office. And yeah. how, does he, how does he get removed? He can't just say, Kevin, great job. And pat him on the back and say, you know what, Kevin, you're doing a great job. Keep at it, my friend. No, you apply some pressure to that seat and, and you make it a little bit uncomfortable and you kind of force him to do something good for the conference. So, you know, documentary is coming from a good place. Um, I think you guys will really like it. And uh, yeah, again, to dispel any rumors, uh, Ohio State is actually very much behind this. The captain of the football team is in it. Uh, there's there's parents. Uh, so it's it's a very much an Ohio State documentary. And they're making it really on behalf of Nebraska, you know, to, to help tell the story. It's obviously a Ohio State and Nebraska story. But, you know, um, I think you can't tell the story of saving Big Ten football without Nebraska. Well, look, I think NBNR is going to wrap up right there. Listen, we want to thank you for taking the time out to defend the David, the former Goliath of Nebraska football. We appreciate you being an advocate for us. We need as much support as we can get. We need <laughs> we need people to fight for us besides just us. Four dudes, dudes on a couch. Right. Yeah. We, need, we need guys like you on Twitter to hashtag GBR, hashtag like open your eyes. Like, come on. I, I like that name, uh, hashtag four guys on the couch. I think that's the new name of your podcast. You might need to- <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of ways you could take that. So I don't know. Which way. <laughs> yeah. Well, not. We're not going to use that. <laughs> um, my pleasure, guy. Come on. And from uh, from this New Yorker, uh, just as in kind of closing, and then, uh, you know, I I love the passion in uh, all things Nebraska sport. It is, it is unlike anything that any other fan base has. So people can make fun of you. But at the end of the day, like there is a level of jealousy that that Nebraska fans just have this passion. It could be a Tuesday or Wednesday. There will be some bomb that occurs on Twitter and Nebraska blows up. So like there, there, no one can tell me even a Garth Brooks concert is like trending on my Twitter from New York. And I'm like, how is that possible? uh, It's the fan base. So um, all the respect to uh, Husker Nation and uh, Nebraska Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at Sports Law Lust on Twitter and Instagram. And then my podcast, if you're interested in the legal side of sports, absolutely conduct detrimental. Um, we're doing a lot of stuff on Deshaun Watson and Trevor Bauer as of late, but uh, sources tell me we're going to do a deep dive in the Nebraska players lawsuit very, very shortly. All right. We're all looking forward to that, especially us here. So again, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, keep on, keep on tweeting and supporting us. GBR guys. My pleasure. Hey, GBR, baby. GBR. Thank you. Appreciate it, Dan. Thank you again, Dan Loss, for coming on the No Block No Rock podcast on such short notice to talk about this hopefully not that urgent thing. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, I mean, like, let's hope this is a level three like he was talking about. Yeah. Hopefully this disappears uh, like like a lot of other cases, like the Herm Edwards thing at Arizona State, <laughs> like Baylor and the long years of rape allegations. Hopefully this stuff just gets swept under the rug and goes away. Poof. Um. But yeah, it's you know it sucks seeing you know Scott Frost sit there with his arms folded with Trev Alberts, just like Kyle said, like he was sent to the principal's office. Right, like he just got caught <laughs> throwing rocks at traffic. And his mom pulled him out to talk to the police. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, yeah, hopefully all this stuff just kind of goes away. I honestly don't think this is a huge deal. It doesn't sound like it's a huge deal, but there's a lot of circumstances. Well, like. 
cliche. Just win games, okay? Please just win. Just win like, and don't helps. let this be a distraction. I think that's that's the thing. Scott said it's not gonna be a distraction. I hope he he's right. doesn't usually walk the walk when he talks to talk, so let's let's hope this is it disappears. <laughs> right. Um, but again, thanks Dan Lust. He he told you all his credentials, like go follow him there. Um you know, we got our nbnrpodcast.com. Um, Rob Morrissey just recently dropped a little article um, about this whole situation titled Teenage Wasteland. Go read it. It's a pretty unique perspective on this whole thing. He came at it from an angle that I would have never thought of. So we appreciate his um, viewpoint on this. So please go read that. Um, go follow us at nbnrpodcast. Um, and... Anywhere you get your podcast, guys. Spotify, Apple, those are the two main ones. Yep. Go give us a five-star review. Give us a download. Give us a listen. We appreciate it. <sighs> Let's hope we don't have another emergency pod soon. We're going to have you know, a season preview, a um, little Illinois preview. We'll talk about that game, which, in my opinion, is probably the most important one of probably the whole Frost tenure, in my opinion. Yeah. We can get into that more um, next week. But let's sign off. This is one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers. Eric Martin. And always, 